All right. Welcome to Digital Nightmares, where one lucky host gets to choose their nightmare. My name is Max, and I am joined by Eric. Hey. And Dan. Hey. And it's also Halloween. At least when this uh, episode drops, it's Halloween. Um, we're recording a couple of days early, but so it's not Halloween for us, but, you know, we can pretend it is. Um, that is terrifyingly spooky, Max. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so how's everybody been? I mean, you can kind of tell with Eric, he sounds like he's been really going crazy with his Duke Nukem impressions. Radio oh, this announcer is just a new voices. mic. I'm fine. This is just a new mic I'm trying out. Sounds yeah, this is just how case. Eric actually sounds. <laughs> yeah, more normally. I mean, Max knows how I sound in real life. It's why he's always complaining about my mic quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm always like, Eric, why are you talking like that? That's not how you talk. I took the filter oh, off you know. the special 48th episode. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been gearing up. Everything's heating up for the, for the big day, which is today for oh. listeners, but um, a couple days from now. So we've been like watching all sorts of movies, and we got a game for you guys too this time. So we're discussing Amnesia, The Bunker. The Dark Descent. The, no, oh, no. <laughs> wrong one. Sorry. Eric played the wrong game. Um, so this is the, uh, God, how many? This is the third Amnesia game. Um, and it's the, I think, sixth or seventh um, Frictional Games, which is the developer that did this, Soma, and uh, earlier in their, in their um, career, I don't know, <laughs> earlier in their tenure. Ten years. There's got to be a right word for this, but we'll go with that. <laughs> Uh, they did uh, the Penumbra series, but most are aware of them from Amnesia, The Dark Descent, as Eric said earlier. Um, and this one is a little bit different because basically it's a um, immersive sim approach to the classic Amnesia formula. So you can approach the objectives once you get through the initial chapter in uh, a lot of in multiple different ways. Both in like the how you complete an objective and the order in which you do them, uh, you have a reactive enemy AI similar to Alien Isolation, and um, you sort of have to use your tools. You're given you know a gun in this that can scare away the enemy. It can also attract it, and of course all noises will attract the enemy. And it uses a vent-like system like Alien Isolation. Um, yeah, and there's all lot of other things to talk about with this game but that's the basic idea of it and then what you're doing in this is you're um, basically a soldier that is trapped in a bunker during world war one um, and you have to escape avoid this monster in order to do that you need to blow up this wall and there's all these different areas of the bunker you need to go into you need to um, you know find solutions to get through each objective and to find the pieces to essentially blow up this uh, this wall to get out. I feel like it's important um, to mention the generator. Yes, and then there's also a generator that you need to keep running so it keeps the lights on, keeps the monster away, uh, because if you don't, monster will come out no matter what you're doing, <laughs> um, and it'll like, come and attack you. Uh, and there's, you know, there's different save points you can go to, so it's, it can't save anywhere. Um, it, as you as I said, you get, as Dan mentioned, you have to um, use fuel that you find throughout the um, map to refuel the generator because, again, if lights go off, uh, it becomes very difficult to survive. So what did you guys think about this just as a first over 
overarching thoughts? Well, I'll I'll pitch in here, which is as somebody who hasn't played um, many of the you know inter uh, the the the, in, the games in between uh, the Dark Descent and now um, the Bunker. Uh, this feels like a really tight match to uh, the Dark Descent in a lot of ways, and I really enjoyed that. I heard that the other games kind of take different approaches to the Amnesia style, and the fact that this one kind of returns to the main form while kind of adding something new, which is this kind of constant pursuing enemy versus seg- like kind of separated enemies in different zones or areas. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It kind of feels like, yeah, at any time, this uh, monster could come out and get you. Kind of like... Uh, uh, RE2, or I'm trying to think of other games that have like constant pursuers. Um, but it adds a lot. Yeah, of R- R2, Mr. X is a great example. Um, and then, um, as I mentioned before, the alien from Alien Isolation. Trading off of the kind of dynamic of having to constantly scavenge for items um, to like kind of keep your your lantern going in the Dark Descent. And this game, uh, your light is a little like ripcord powered or magneto powered um, flashlight. <laughs> which provides enough light to see all time. <laughs> it's enough to get by but the real issue the real thing that kind of drives you with it then is the fact that it uh it also creates enough sound to attract the monster so like, i think they do a really good job of kind of creating a sound-based system it's like a little game. piece of shit tiny little box of tin worse than a match that lights barely it. works and yeah it's, it's so pretty you have to bad a little ripcord that like echoes through the entire bunker and immediately alerts everything to your position uh, but sometimes you want something to be alerted to your position, which I think it's kind of the point. It's like a way of making noise in a solid way. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good mechanic in that sense. Uh, it trades off kind of constantly running out of lan- lantern fuel, although that you're you're doing that with the generator anyways. Yeah. Um, it kind of has this interstitial. Yeah, and in, in this way, function. in this one, the the uh, the lantern or your light doesn't ever run out of anything. It's but it only lasts for a very short period of time. And again, it attracts anything and everything when you start turning it on, at least on the um, higher difficulty modes. Yeah. Uh, From there, then, uh, I think that the storytelling of this game is just really awesome. I don't mean to keep talking about it. Um, If you guys want to add some stuff to that. Uh, The storytelling going on in the bunker and the way that they kind of both introduce you to it, um, which I know all the Amnesia games have kind of these little scriptive, uh, scripted intros to the game in which you kind of see stuff happening. But um, the way that you're introduced to your Amnesia in this game, which is the fact that you um, gain Amnesia because you're blown up by a bomb, trying to rescue your friend in the middle of this World War One battlefield. Um, I don't know why I literally just completely forgot that that's actually something that happens in every single one of them. Like, I'm and thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's the amnesia it of the game. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, really get... dumb, and I didn't, for some reason, pick up on that. I was just, like, I was thinking about rebirth, and it is the same thing, and then amnesia. <laughs> it's, like, there's always, like, an amnesia, amnesiac story at the center, and I'm, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. forgot. So I, I haven't actually ever played any frictional game other than this one just now. Um, uh-huh. I assume that all the amnesia games were similar, like, you're in some kind of labyrinthine place with a monster chasing you. Uh, but it sounds like they're completely different, and the only thing similar is that your character has amnesia. Uh, well, they they can be quite different. Uh, I think so. The bunker kind of starts you out in this in a bunker, which is quite labyrinthine, like you said, Dan. That's what um, I hope that. There you go. But <laughs> uh, you start out in like the medical lab, and then you end up opening up your options um, to kind of progress the game. You have two routes to go on. 
Uh, and whereas, like, as far as I remember The Dark Descent, The Dark Descent is a little more lineal, as in you're traveling through this castle. Not in a straight line, but, like, through area to area. So you're kind of doing, like, boss or monster in this area, boss or monster in this area, with a little yeah. less choice. Uh, and well, then, although it's, I haven't played through all It's the interesting, because it, it does kind of go... So, yeah, definitely with the first one, it's kind of like that distinct level you're going into, and then there's a hub world for each... Um, uh, like it, it basically, there's a hub and spoke approach for every single um chapter. I guess you could say them in Amnesia: The Dark Descent. So in Amnesia: The Dark Descent, you have your first chapter, which will have a neutral area where you're safe. There's no one that's gonna come after you, or you, and you don't really have to do anything. And then there's like um a number of different levels. So it works more like a Mario kind of world. <laughs> that's a weird way to put it, but like where it's like the central world. You jump into the paintings. Yeah, basically, like there's not anything you can do in that like central section, um, and then there's you, you'll slowly move through the game and you'll go to different central like hubs, and then there will be distinct levels you can go into, um, which is different from here. But in some ways, it feels sort of like a it's carrying on that sort of legacy, where it's like it's just there's no loading screen really. I mean, there's a little loading screen, but like there's no like separation between the hub and the spokes so you can kind of go in between through those areas as many times as you want and obviously because each one has resources and there's a lot of backtracking you can do um you're going to want to go back and forth between places you've been before well it kind of sounds like i need to play uh the dark descent because i really really like this game i think it's a super well-made game and it was like the scariest game we've ever played oh yeah but, oh yeah i like i think so that. honestly that's I was, super like, cool shook. But uh, as I say in every episode, I hate being lost, man. And I was lost the entire time. <laughs> and like, especially if I like, you know, you find an item way down six hallways into your left, but you need to say uh, make space in your inventory. I am never ever going to find it again. Like I spent ninety percent of this game wandering <laughs> around. Like I can't even, even if it was just one turn out of the safe zone, I could never find it again. Oh my oh, god, that's rough. I think that might come down to hearing that you're you always are complaining about mapping might come down to the fact that you have like a certain thing about you know your inner oh, map. Yeah, it's 100 percent my fault. Like I don't think it's a flaw <laughs> in the game design or anything or like a mistake. But uh, well, you know, I think Amnesia: The Dark Descent. I can't remember now. It's been quite a while. I know Rebirth. Uh, the bigger Rebirth is Rebirth. very linear. Re Rebirth is basically you move from section to section to section. You're, it's not like there's any sort of backtracking for the most part. Um, and then it's a very similar thing with Machine for Pigs, which was done by a different developer. But it, um, both Soma, the the game that was after um, Amnesia: The Dark Descent, that the team actually worked on, worked very similar. So this is the first one that kind of went back to that original idea of Amnesia: um, The Dark Descent and kind of expanded upon that with with this more open ended approach, which it also um, some might point out the earlier ones as well. So Penumbra and, and Penumbra, uh, so the Penumbra Overture and um, Penumbra Black Black Plague, um, which Black Plague is, I would say it's like probably the closest to this because it works in a very similar way where um, you have like a central hub and the whole map, you can explore it. And uh, th there's a couple different um, maps you'll kind of see, but like they're all connected for the most part. So it's the, both this and Rebirth, sorry, not Rebirth, and um, Dark Descent 
kind of are both sort of where you can kind of trace where they were going to this and how they ended up at the bunker. Hmm. I want the sports we, back. We keep going <laughs> on with about the um the the bunker. Maybe we should kind of set the scene a bit more. Uh, you mentioned that it was a um, World War One soldier. Uh, he's a French soldier, soldier so there we're talking about trench warfare. Um, but kind of our preamble to the game is that uh, you have a friend who kind of saves you in the first opening act from a gas attack by giving you a gas mask. Uh, and then later on, you kind of um, come to the realization that he went out on some sort of routine patrol to No Man's Land and didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And so now you've worked up the courage to go out to No Man's Land and try to find him. You do find him in a big, deep bomb crater. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's dehydrated. He's he's laid up. Um, so you, probably so on the brink of so death. So you uh, give him some some mysterious liquid that's at the bottom of the. Yeah, yeah you find some water there at the bottom of the crater. Nothing's going to go wrong. It, that, that's a great idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're just trying to save him. You know, you're just trying to save him. So you start walking mm-hmm. him back, and a German bomb, uh, the artillery raid, raid. Oh my god, sorry, artillery fire starts, and you get blown up. Um, and like we said, kind of your, your amnesia then starts from there. Um, and the game does a great job of then kind of telling you your story through a few characters that you meet in game. There are very yeah. few. Um, and then the notes, which are like a classic amnesia point, kind of the yeah. story bits that you get along the way. And basically uh, and really... this one is probably one of the simplest stories of any of them. All, all that really happens is like um, you wake up after the bomb explosion and a monster is patrolling the hallways and is everyone's dead and you need to get out. Exactly. Um, yeah. And they've, they've blown up the door so you can't get out, though. Yeah, your superiors uh, yeah. blew up the door and, mm-hmm. and trapped everybody inside to hide, to trap whatever was in here. Yeah, and that's basically the story. I, this is probably interesting. I find it interesting because it's probably one of the least story-focused games of all of the Amnesia games. Um, and yet, which... I think, before we get into it, I just to add, I think it, it does a lot of environmental storytelling then, and... um for people who have played the earlier games, it kind of like the story is already told for you in that sense. Mm-hmm. But the first, and I guess, what is it? A rebirth do a lot of storytelling, um, like a lot to kind of explain. Yeah. What's I mean, going like all, all of the amnesia games do it other than uh, true. this one really, <laughs> but I think I this like one almost benefits. Like it doesn't pause for cutscenes every two minutes, but there is a, like you can definitely follow the thread of the story of the man eats some goop and then scary stuff happens and you're stuck in a bunker. No, yeah. for sure. Just by uh, the notes that you find around and stuff. And so yeah. it's, it's like quite a pleasant story that I almost doesn't overstay its welcome, which I think they did a really good job on because, um, to be quite honest, I think the, there was a reason why I haven't played Rebirth, and I know it's because it's kind of long and very convoluted. And even the first game, um, Dark Descent, the path to which you understand why things are happening and what that goop might be or other stuff ends up being quite a twisted one. That is difficult to put together, at least your first playthrough through. Yeah. It's not yeah. impossible, but there's a lot going on there. So I think it benefits because you can see all the those leads in this game without them having to be without them kind of being told to you. Um and so if you have this knowledge, it just kind of lets you have a deeper understanding of the game. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting I mean, the reason why this one partially is so different from the rest of them, um, is part is because at least from what I read, it was supposed to be a DLC in the vein of something like um, Prey Moon Crash, um, which uh, for uh, Amnesia Rebirth, which came out in 2020. Um, and so it's 
going for a different approach. It's it's more condensed and it's shorter than a lot of those games are than the the mainline games are. So it has um, less uh, di- less um, uh, spoken dialogue because in the original games, it's, if you click on like any like note, it will be read to you for the most part unless it's like really short or something. So this one notably has like less. So there's like ways you can tell um, that. This is a little bit of a smaller project, but in many ways, like this is to me like the strongest gameplay wise any of their games have been. But it's on the other hand, I I, I would I would lot. counter yeah yes yeah, it, uh, but I would counter with Eric's point with that I think it's probably one of the weakest stories that they've had because it's clear like the focus here is gameplay. The story um is kind of uh minimal i mean there isn't there's a lot of notes that kind of go on and on like and they kind of just repeat themselves they kind of just say like oh things are getting crazy down here people are acting oh true people are acting even weirder weird yeah and it does suck because i do miss the um the voice acting and stuff for like every note like that was like part of something that like i think is really uh, it's a very like amnesia uh, uh, frictional games kind of thing to do and I, i i've always enjoyed that but at the other hand like this is like literally like so immersive in terms of the um the feel of the game and actually like pushing through and finding your own solutions to the objectives and um yeah i think it simplified puzzles I, compared to the original i would say yeah but at the same time allow you to kind of move quickly with that pursuing well, yeah. thing because like the puzzle isn't the puzzle itself most of the time it's mostly like how do i get there or something how do i do this quietly how do i do this quickly yes how do i achieve this it's a very uh, Metroidvania-like experience, or something like um, the re- original Resident Evil series. I, I, I yeah. like how like interconnected everything is, and I I I, I um, have luckily a pretty good mental map. So like, this yeah, one same like, here. I, I love I didn't games, have as but much that. trouble as you probably had, Dan. I'm sorry. I even I spent so much time just staring at the. There's a physical map on the wall you can look at. Yeah, like, stare at it for like 15 seconds. <laughs> I mean, okay. Leave, go left, go right, go left, and step out and immediately have no idea where I am. <laughs> but again, yeah. that's <laughs> I, I kind of wish they had a like um, a map that you could carry with you. It, it doesn't have to say where you are, but just like so you could see <laughs> what the map looks like, the overall map, because you have to go back to that central room to see what the map looks like, um, which is a little tedious in some ways. Um, and I kind of was bouncing off the game at first when I first started because I just couldn't figure out where to go. Um, it again, doesn't really give you any direction as soon as you, um, uh, basically get past the tutorial section of the game. So you kind of just, it, it tells you like to, that you have to get, like, go to the arsenal and like you go to the arsenal and there's nothing you can really do there from the start. Cause you need some other tools first. So um, one thing I would just say for people playing it is like um, you can kind of uh, ignore the arsenal at first and the solutions will be in the other areas. And I think it's the same for every single time you um, the where, where like key items are placed. It's the same for every playthrough unless until you uh, get to a new, new game plus. So if doesn't matter but i, I, don't I think also think they do a pretty good job of kind of leading you to where you need to go for certain things yeah i i think like once you just know get your first tool that you can use then it starts to become a little bit a little easier clearer. to kind of yeah like what you're doing 
They do push so you with like you go to a room and in the room is a note saying I left this tool in this other room and you go to the yeah. room and there's a hint about it went somewhere else or something. So you're not just wandering aimlessly at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But once you get that first hint or like something like that, it will make for me like at first like I just couldn't find any of the hints. So I was just going to every single um, part of the bunker there's like five different areas and like i was like what am i supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> and i can see how that's like frustrating whereas like that's exactly what i started doing which is just start walking out and like room by room checking but mm-hmm. i love that so much i love that kind of like slow exploration of everything yeah that, um I, I could see that not being something that bounces off me but bounces off you a bit more yeah um, I, I, I think i i, I would have preferred like something that just like the first key item it leads you to and then everything after that, it, it's like it opens up because I, I think I wanted a little bit more of a like a baby step in, into like the full exploration part. Understandable. Uh, I was going to add uh, not to tie it back, but just to say with before we kind of walk away from talking about how it kind of connects to some of these older games in like a general sense um, and how it compares. I do really want to say I would love if Amnesia kept doing these kind of shorter I, I want to have the voice acting, of course, like you were talking about, but that, like this actually, I think, is a breath of fresh air and kind of fit the franchise really well. And if they did a few small oh, yeah. versions of these a little more often, I would play not those. even more often, but just mm-hmm. kind of added on to this with these little stories. Yeah, because um, Rebirth was a bit long. I mean, I, I played through that. I think it was like 12 hours or something, almost double the length. Exactly. I, I probably spent about a... If we're going to talk about hours now, I, I did spend about 11, maybe 11 to 12 hours playing this game. Though <laughs> um, no, I, I, I'm going to kind of talk about controls and why some of that stuff happened later. I wanted to know how long it took you guys to kind of get through them and beat the game. Uh, I did mine in about... I was playing on easy, so it went a little bit faster because I wanted to kind of learn the game first. Uh, so my first one... I want to come back to it and play on uh, again. But uh, I did uh, four and a half hours, I think. Uh, oh no, I watched the ending. <laughs> no I played like I played. Uh, I think maybe three hours, which is with the pace that I was going because I'm bad at this game. It would have been like a twelve-hour game. <laughs> well, I think that's okay and understandable. Yeah, I I was six, so I was just like scrubbing the place for story and checking things out. Um, so it's not surprising that I took a lot longer though. I'm going to say, were you guys both playing on PC? I played on PS4. I played on PS4 too. All right. Well then never mind. It was going to be a bigger issue. I had a real big struggle with all the physics stuff. That's classic. Oh, oh, I played on PC with a PS4 controller. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Well then never mind. There's no comparison here. I, my only comparison is the fact that I played the original amnesia. Remember playing it with a mouse. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a really good intuition, and I, I love the feel of the kind of the immersiveness of like having to grab the doors and grab objects and move them on the screen. And it was mm-hmm. definitely a little more cumbersome for me, at the very least, on a PS4 controller. Um, and I wish I could have been playing it with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Um, so one thing to note with, with uh, frictional games is they all have this um, this very physics based, you know, um, simulation of moving objects and uh opening doors drawers that sort of thing yeah i I think i'm surprised have they done one i I swear they have um but like pigs vr no compatible maybe maybe they did i don't know i'm sure there's some mods that have done it because they would be perfect for it 
Um, but like, uh, so you're physically like moving the mouse to open drawers or you're using like a, a trigger and an analog stick to pull open a door, push it closed. Um, and it, you know, in some ways it does that very similar thing to like, uh, the slow sort of, uh, intentional movement in like a Resident Evil, like an old Resident Evil game or something like that. So, you know, the tank control slow you down. So it pushes you more into feeling helpless or you know, that, that, it, it kind of like falls into that same sort of category of like a, a way, a mechanical way of slowing the player down and making them more movement, more clunky so that it becomes scarier, I guess. Yeah. The, like having to grab the handle and turn the handle and then grab the cupboard and open the cupboard door every single time got a little bit cumbersome, but yeah, not it's like a lot less natural on a controller. But the immersiveness you get on a mouse with that kind of movement is just phenomenal. It really is. It really puts you into place with the game, and I really enjoy that feeling. So I was a bit sad I was missing out here. Um, it's interesting. You can definitely cause, get cause... a lot quicker on the mouse than on the, oh, on the yeah. controller. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I think, like, um, I kind of shifted on this because, like, I think for me, I, I'm going to pull something weird for me, but I'm like, it actually, I liked it was more clunky on a controller uh because i think it led to like more tense situations where sometimes i was like fumbling with the door because i couldn't uh, get yeah, away I could, from it. i, mean, I can feel that tense but like yeah I, I I, if it that. took me if i was wearing oven mitts and it took me three minutes to open every door while something chased me that would be tense but i would prefer not to have it that way like the one thing i would agree with though is that i think for smaller objects so for just like a drawer like, I think those could be simplified, um, but I actually like the movement of the doors. Um, and I don't know. I think I, I just got used to it from playing oh, yeah, Rebirth I mean, you get on used control. To it. Oh, I think I, I played all Rebirth. of them. I think I played almost all of them on uh, controller. So, like, That's I'm just kind of used me. to it. Because you have a PC, I would think you'd use it on the PC. I've done. And yeah, you get used to it. I did I the Penumbra games once... on PC. Yeah. Well, OK, there you go. Uh, well, just once you once you start trying to like scour every note and everything else, it started getting a little tiresome. Because yeah, mm. you do get caught more often just because you're not as quick as you could be. Yeah, um, which is frustrating. Yeah. Uh, do we want yeah, to talk a little bit talking about that mechanic side of things then, and how it's both good and bad? Are there any other mechanics like we were talking about the light with the pull chain and the sound? Were there any other mechanics that you liked from this game? Um. Well, I mean, I I really liked the. <laughs> I think the feel mechanic here honestly has worked better than in any other amnesia game. So like in previous amnesia games, if you don't have feel for your lantern, for instance, uh, you, things just start getting all wobbly <laughs> and your insanity meter goes up for in some of them. But like oh, yeah, that the never insanity really, meter not it never really here. does anything. <laughs> it's um, huge. Yeah. I mean, it just makes your vision really wobbly. It doesn't really seem to... And I never really had, like, a a gameplay um, negative or something from, like, not filling up my lantern or not keeping it open. And a lot of times it yeah. just led to annoying instances where it's, like, I wanted to save some lantern fuel and I can't see anything. Um, and then if I turn off my lantern for too long, everything would just get... It, it just was annoying. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't think that that would, it was ever really that interesting of a mechanic. Um, it kind of especially once you learn that it wasn't like really a penalty. Yeah. 
outside of it being like annoying like it, it would scare you originally it was meant to just kind of scare you and put you on edge but like yeah i think you in the, the first game, one it, in it, the early it, ones in um descent it kind of works but as they yeah. kind of continued on it just made less and less sense it's just kind of one of those things where like people who are playing the game quickly just like keep the lantern off the entire time yeah and just deal with the fact that their screen looks fucked if they want to move quickly yeah. <laughs> it's nice that it doesn't have as much of a function here and yeah. said you're a lot more worried about sound yeah and um, the sound i think like i i really liked um just the fuel component of being having to refuel and going back and forth and um co collecting that because it made it it made exploration feel so meaningful when it's like yeah. oh i found some more fuel or oh i got okay some now i can keep going further and, like, now like that. that i yeah i put it back together and I think it, mm -hmm. it does a really good job of then driving you to actually want to explore instead of just desperately scraping cupboards for lantern fuel or yes. batteries or something else that has really become a trope and a problem in a lot of survival horror games. Yeah, where it's like it doesn't mean anything. or But like the, every item you get um, like feels like it's important. Like it's like this, I can use this for something. And I think like it really like delves into it feels like a survival horror game in a way that I don't think any of the previous uh, frictional games really feel like survival horror. Like this is like a definite survival horror game. Yeah. Without also needing you to become incredibly combative and it becoming just like a, yeah, a shooter. Yeah. yeah it's um, not like a action survival horror or anything like that, despite having a gun this time. Yeah. I, I like the, the um, use of the gun a lot as kind mm -hmm. of being a way to ward off an enemy. That is quite similar, if I remember correctly, to isolation. Yeah, you had the flamethrower in that. Yeah, it's, this where is you kind of use bad. this this one shot thing to kind of like make it clear that you're you're you kind of do, create a zone of safety. I feel mm -hmm. like you have to be very careful with your bullets because they're not just lying around all over the place. Yeah, and when there's oh, no yeah. chance you're going to kill the creature with bullets, so you and and there's this a... really awkward way that you have to like hand reload them. It reminded me of um a game that I think I recommended to you, Dan. Where you have to like physically reload the gun like one oh, bullet at a time. About that, uh, that was yeah. uh, a lot of the like tools and mechanics had that um, kind of feel. Same for yeah. your yeah, like you have to hold out the fuel and pour it into the generator, and um, to check for damage, like you reach down and check yourself for blood. It's a cool, but you know, uh, like yeah, the uh, the physical movement mechanics and everything really come together in this game in a good way where you constantly have that constant pressure instead of being it being like a zone based pressure where you're like uh in the old games uh, you're you're just moving through a water section and now there's water pressure because there's a monster in the water and now there's a new pressure because one of these walking enemies is going to find you um this game has the sound which means that anytime you make a like a bad sound you can have this um, pursuing enemy come after you and find you how about the sound um, design? Sound design, very good. Um, I like all the sound effects. Amnesia is usually pretty purposeful with the way it uses sound. As far as I remember. Um, oh, yeah. Reading definitely. up a little I mean, bit about after this and trying to deep dive on the lore, there's definitely sound files apparently in this game from, uh, what is it, Rebirth? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we were saying, I think uh, because of the DLC connection between this and Rebirth, there's, I was like, there has to be some connections. Um, and it's set like shortly, it's set like 10 years before. I can't remember if Rare, I, I know Rebirth takes place like in the early 20th century. Uh, Rebirth um, takes it, place in the 1930s. And of course, yeah. this is taking place in uh, the 1920s, 10s. just about. 
1910s it would be 1910s the, uh, to 1920s yeah yeah exactly so uh, 10 so years later 1930 is when rebirth occurs should we talking about the story just a little bit um because although it's quite basic it kind of has something a good hook and lead and kind of touches upon amnesia's kind of constant theme yeah of people being monsters um, yep <laughs> oh is that like a recurring thing outside of this game Kind of, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, that like people are their own do- downfall, and that the real monsters are people all along, or that yeah. people can, can become the, monsters. The World War uh, setting for this then to be like who's and, the real monsters? Well, mm-hmm. then I think the World War setting, as you look at more of Amnesia's story through points, it definitely becomes more and more interesting that the, the setting is chosen. I think you had asked Dan, kind of before we started about what we thought felt or how we felt about the World War One setting. Yeah, um, and it's placed in the story, but also it's placed, and I think it's a great setting for this kind of game. Not only do I think the World War One aesthetic is really cool and has a lot of cool stuff going for it, um, but its effect on how Amnesia's story works, which is that um, there, there's a other world, and we kind of get a glimpse of this in this game. There's an other world with all sorts of different things that have to do with torture and pain, and uh, blood and sacrifice. Um, and the fact that the re- World War kind of has a huge amount of crossover with that is not unintentional. Um, mm. And even it might speak to specific parts of this game. So, I did think uh, one of the highlights of this game was at a certain point you get to you get to the area like the pillbox, I think they call it. Yeah. And you you can climb up a ladder like way up out of the bunker, and as you're climbing up, you can see just a glimpse of sky. Oh, I love this. And for moment, a second, yeah. you have hope, and you're like, "Oh my god, I can see outside light and getting out of the bunker." And then, as soon as you get up into the little closed-off area, uh, immediately, like the the opposing side is firing at you. You pretty much have to go right down into the bunker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's like no German escape. Snipers. It's like shooting at you. Yeah. Like there's nothing good going on outside of the bunker either. Yeah. Exactly. It's a hell below or a hell above, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so our story progresses, our character who has amnesia wakes up, um, and between the time that they got blown up by a shell and you wake, the whole bunker has become empty or derelict. You talked about the fact that you run into the one surviving guy and he's eaten by the monster while you're trying to find bullets to, I think, kill him so that he doesn't have to die down here or he doesn't have to wait to die. Um, and then you start getting notes about what has happened since you you left. Like people started getting mauled. The engineering corps has tunneled into some Roman tunnels beneath your trenches to see yep. if they can use the old Roman tunnels to get to the German line. I thought it was kind of funny seeing following the notes that are like we found some very strange, spooky tunnels nobody's ever heard of with Latin text scrawled all over them and like weird gems and stuff. So we went exploring. <laughs> And I think that the um, the placing it in the 1920s or early 19, sorry not 1920s but during the World War One and like kind of that specific time that is so Lovecraft themed, yeah. And all of Lovecraft stories really take place like adds an extra level of it that's so strong that I love. Well, yeah, it's like a, a time. I mean, around that period that you know that that mysticism. Uh, what's what's the thing? Um, well, I, I, Egyptology occultism, for one thing, or Egyptology, uh, Oriental, Orientalism, uh, cultism, yeah, um, spiritualism, yeah, occultism. like so all of these find... things were so popular, and it's in, it, there's a reason why they keep returning to these, this time period, and and this, 
uh, sort of era because, you know, this was a time when a lot of these things sort of percolated in, in the yeah. pop culture. People and the, were discovering ancient ruins and all these yeah. ancient artifacts and these ancient cultures and they were being rediscovered and they're, they're nifty in that way. Yeah, and it's reinterpreted so, through sort of like pulp lens. It's it's you're, interesting. You're then your main motivations for the game from there is you realize that the um the officers have blown up the tunnel and and like fled themselves, and they've left you the um code to the armory, or they're gonna like radio you the code for anybody that's left inside. Kind of is just a way to cover their own skins. Um, and then you have to find dynamite and a uh like a, a plunger yeah and this is this is the arsenal thing that i was mentioning that like basically <laughs> the arsenal not armory you try so, to yeah. go there and then like it's locked and you need a bolt cutter or um you need a uh a wrench or something to open a vent there's some yeah. different tools you can use to get inside but it's nice that like from very early on your very clear goal is you need to get dynamite and uh, an igniter to um blow up the hole that they sealed to try to get out um, yeah, and so your you whole time, your end goal from the beginning, you're not just randomly collecting things. Well, and that you're gonna like. You also know then that you're supposed to explore as much as possible because this is progression. So again, as someone who like I, I really enjoy exploring environments and scouring for story. I know that the story isn't gonna progress if I go deeper or I go somewhere here or go somewhere there. Um, it's only gonna progress once you actually blow up the hole and then let the story continue from there. Mm-hmm. Um talking about our themes of like people being awful we see we learned that the fact that that we tricked our friend the one we went to go rescue into taking the duty of going into no man's land yeah but you did a trick a sleight of hand in mind though that your friend uh once pissed in your canteen he did once piss in your canteen <laughs> so a, who's the real monster <laughs> <laughs> But it, it just shows that, like, an innocuous but kind of mean-spirited thing or, like, something where you're not really caring about another person leads to this chain of events where, although there's other underlying circumstances, you all of a sudden become guilty because your friend has gone into no man's land and he hasn't returned, which is what yeah. forces you or encourages you to go out and find him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then meanwhile, there's the subtext of, they've like we were talking about, they've broken into the subterranean ruins. Everybody begins to hear scratching and clawing. Mm-hmm. and there's an even a, a guy down there who you end up fighting which i think is a really neat little boss battle or well would you even call that a boss battle neat little yeah section you... I, some people really didn't like it but i disagree i i think it like worked really nicely and it was like i i did that's a very human level of everything yeah basically when you go into the ruins to get the plunger i think um in the arsenal there's the plunger and then there's the the dynamite and both are kind of like separated into two different areas and you need different tools to get into each one. This one I found kind of interesting because I, I couldn't even tell when you go down into the the Roman tunnels to get the plunger. It's hard to tell if this guy is even real. I thought he wasn't real. I thought he was a ghost until he started you shooting much, like, at me. never see him, eh? For yeah, I don't time. think so. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't realize until like um, I like accidentally like shot him that I was like, oh, He's real because he just fell over and died. <laughs> um, I didn't know that people disliked that part. Yeah, the, people said it was like too easy, but for me, like I was like I didn't know whether he was real or not, um, and I thought it was kind of cool to eventually shoot him and realize, oh no, that was a real person because it's it it blurs this line between is this a boss, is this a enemy, is this just like a hallucination? 
I think this it does it ghoul? so well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be like a bo- button mashing boss battle, like shoot him, make mm-hmm. sure you get the headshot or anything. It's like the boss battle of it's one of, it's one of the creepiest areas and the scariest places to be. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of creates this kind of tension where it's like, no, that's just a human. That's just a person. Mm-hmm. He's mad. Dude just just went crazy but down you, there, yeah. Are you going to have to kill him so that you can get out? Um, so he is, of course, a guy who uh, was one of these guys who went, went into the tunnel when they first opened it and kept going back in um, because he was seemed obsessed with the tunnels. Um, and he talks about seeing this light and hearing her voice calling to him. Um, and he ends up getting sealed in and cre- he gouges his own eyes out in a really creepy way so that he can see the truth or see reality or whatnot. And this is kind of where we get into the classic amnesia story then, which is that this tunnel, like in Rebirth or in uh, the um, Dark Descent, is some sort of liminal space and connects to the whole other world, shadow world that amnesia kind of has as a subtext. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of this you picked up on, Dan, considering you don't know the game, previous games as much. Yeah, a little to none. Um, which I think is really cool because this game is really solid without that. But with the extra subtext, it starts adding into this bigger world. The first game, you're a guy who named um oh god, what's his name again? Sorry, um it's a D something. Uh it Isn't doesn't it? matter. You, you, the, anyway, just say, like, you're this guy yeah. who finds an orb in Egypt and he ends up going to a castle uh in Germany or something, and he is uh he is brought into this dark occult world. Um we learn in this game that uh, not only our friend who we fed liquid to, but um, the walls of the underground Roman tunnels themselves are seeping some sort of liquid. Uh, and through the Latin notes that we translate, it's meant to give eternal life. Or that was what the cult that worshipped down there was focused on, is gaining eternal life. Uh, and we mm. can see that kind of progress. Like all the rats in the bunker are like giant, grotesque mo- mutant rats. And this creature that we're finding must clearly come from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I can admire about the story is like it does kind of work on a simple metaphor where it's just sort of is like, um, yeah, it's like this war and this violence like unleashed this uh, Lovecraftian nightmare (laughs) fluid or whatever. And stuff. uh, Yeah. Good for you. It's like it, we unearth something, you know, deals with classic, uh, like, sort of cosmic horror themes. Like, you unearth yeah. something that was older and uh, stranger than anything you could ever but make up in a, with, in a war. The hubris yeah, of and, But then it also, I, I, I also ties into the story. Because, like, in the first yeah. game, you're the main character. You find out that you have been duped into torturing people to create, uh, what is it called? Like, vi... The liquid uh, is a specific yeah. thing made out of the pure, like, torment of human souls. Mm-hmm. And it can power orbs, and it can power things that allow you to live forever or transfer you to another shadow realm. And so I think the very reality of this giant bloody battlefield happening above you and the kind of torment and horror of war feeds into this power so much mm, more. Yeah, that it's, makes yeah, because it's literally like bringing like their blood is soaking down into the this liquid. Oh, kind of cool. So, so you're gaining the life from the death. Yeah, exactly. The ruins were built by Romans, um, but it was like a specific Roman cult that uh, did lots of sacrifices and stuff over this big pit in an arena and did all of these sorts of things to like kind of torment and bring this essence together. Um, mm. 
And uh, I'm sure you know from Rebirth that that also has a huge theme in terms of. Uh, yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah. Rebirth so is I, basically I, I... you're you're pregnant with uh, you're impregnated by like this uh, uh, cult leader from another dimension. It's like this yeah. like crazy story. Yeah. Uh, sorry, well, that's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> no, well, yeah. There's. I did notice game... that there were like lore connections, um, but I didn't know what they were. But the way they reveal like deeper into the bunker and the the big crater with the goop in it and stuff. Yeah. It shows that I was like, oh, if I had played the other games, this would probably mean something to me. But it still mm. held up uh, as like a standalone game. I didn't know. Like, all I knew was that there are other games in the Amnesia series. I didn't know if this was the first one or the latest one or what. But it seemed like uh, you could tell there was, like, a common thread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I, it's it's definitely... Now that we're talking about this more, I'm like... I think what I found, what I didn't like about the story in this is not really what it is itself. Like, I think I like a lot of these ideas that we're just kind of discussing here. But, like, I didn't... The thing that I didn't connect with was how it was told. I think the notes as compared to previous ones were just too long and too repetitive. So I ended up just like skipping over them eventually. Cause I was just sort of like, Oh, I don't need to read another like diary entry that goes like on like for like 40 days before something happens. <laughs> there were like 50 notes in the middle that were just the same variation of one of the soldiers is acting strange and he's saying there's strange stuff. I think this game would benefit a lot from like creating a chronology like if you were meant yeah. to chronologize these notes a bit better, and like also since you're, you're you're reading them out of order, so like a lot of times exactly like, if there yeah. was something that guided you back to reading them in order, and so you could yeah. then actually see the progression of what's happening day by day between people. Because mm -hmm. there's like kind of I think that would have been better too. That would have been a better way because once you go back and you try to redigest all of that, you spend ten hours walking through and reading all the notes. Then you all of a sudden start to see a bigger story or kind of a continuous story of like, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah. But yeah, when you're reading them out of order and it's just is like six or seven notes about somebody's crazy. Oh, man, there was something that happened here. Yeah. You start kind of. <laughs> it ends the up burying like the like the good story that's underneath. I, I wish they now essentially as you progress, you, you're finding um, dog tags that ha on the back of them will have um, codes to these lockers in the central hub of the game. Um, and they have items and I kind of sometimes notes and I kind of wish like the story was more told through unlocking these lockers so that oh, you'd each be one has some item of significance. Yeah. Like an item. And then you get like a little bit of, um, you get a little voiceover when you pick up the item and it kind of explains a part of the story and like major areas have like their own things that maybe a little note, but just like, I think it just needed some editing and it needed some, uh, some, some, uh, more careful, like frustration of how you read these notes um yeah no i mean if like they had a big old thing in the menu that just said chronology and yeah. each new note you got you could read oh, that right would be away, good too yeah and then it like just slotted it into like a timeline mm -hmm. oh i never even noticed that i just had them sorted <clears throat> no no i'm saying if it did that no, no. It, oh because yeah that would, be, that would be good yeah <laughs> that would be perfect if it just said okay here's the timeline so every time you got a new note you could read it and you could sort yeah. it by speaker but you could see that like Oh, these two notes were written on the same day. Yeah. Ah, yeah. so this must have been happening when this was happening. Yeah. That would have been, I think, really good. To, I think like, something, because kind of otherwise, so this. many players are just going to like skip over it. Because I'm like, or I, you're, yeah, you're, there's, you're it gets getting too the wrong dog tag at yeah. the wrong time, and then you're yeah. seeing a different part of the story. 
Honestly, I wouldn't have minded if it was just, it starts off with like innocuous, normal, mildly interesting bunker stories of like, oh, this oh, guy yeah. is eating all the food, or we played cards and I lost, and then slowly like weird shit starts to seep in more and more. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, not to kind of get into it, but it's exactly the issue of like, there's really a pre, you're you going out to find your friend story with mm-hmm. the digging around they did in the Roman ruins, and then there's a post you coming back story in the notes. Yeah, I honestly kind of missed a lot of the story until like I like literally watched a video that was like, "What was happening in the story?" After I finished yeah. the game, because I was like, "I was like, oh, that's what happened." I didn't, so there's like two like, storylines there stuff. with like different perspectives, and so like when you kind of see that, you're like, oh, "Okay, this was pre and this was post." Mm-hmm. So if the game did a better way of like being like, "Let's try to remember presenting what, those," what, yeah, yeah, or it was about because it's amnesia being like, yeah. This is. Let's remember what happened before I I lost my memory. Let's remember what happened yeah. after. Yeah, because mm. it's always like going back through. Yeah, that would have been a bit hand. It's a bit more handholdy, but I think this game without any of the voices to kind of tell you what's happening really does a would do a better job of helping you learn it. Yeah, I think so too. Just go back to the gameplay. Um, you know, one of the things that we discussed earlier that was that like each um, each objective will generally have a couple solutions that you can kind of make. You know, whether that's just um, do I, you know, throw a brick through a door? Do I like Those blow up a door? Solution. Do I get a monster to destroy the door? Like, uh, what kind of fun solutions or like what was your go to solution to um, like get through doors or like 100% that you found brick it every time. <laughs> I just carried the brick with me everywhere I went and destroyed every wooden door with it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, mine was the grenade. I, I just went and used the grenade every single time I saw, I saw a wooden door. <laughs> I was always afraid that I wouldn't find any more, so I was just hoarding the grenades. Mm. But they sometimes... Give you enough. Yeah, they do. They give you a lot of grenades, actually. And if, if you're crawling around... If you're kind of like crawling every corridor, you end up kind of feel, realizing, yeah, I have enough grenades to do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Eric? Did you have a common solution or did you have any like fun solutions you came up with like to get through? Oh, I don't have anything super fun. I, I did kind of what you did, but there's the brick for a bit and I was holding onto it and I kept finding grenades. And so I just switched over to using grenades because they were. They yeah, you just hide free. after you throw them and then. then you exactly. Run. Let somebody run past. Though I had a moment where, like, you know, you throw a grenade and then the generator goes out and you're just stuck in the dark. Oh, no. And the monster's oh, right there God, and you're terrifying. like, oh, fuck, pray for me. <laughs> Were you guys <laughs> pretty stingy with your fuel? Um, I mean, like, I, I was playing on easier difficulties, so there was more f- um, fuel available. Um, So I don't know if I was ever... St- I did, th- it did go out for me, like, twice, though, so. I played on hard. Um, oh, man. Oh uh, and there was a lot of just like walking around in the dark um but after a certain point you really like learn the area which is yes what I think that's helped. true mm-hmm. and so then you're more like okay i'm gonna quickly turn on my light for this i'm gonna run around the, do the three corners that i know or the three walls that i know and then i'll uh use my light again and do the thing mm-hmm. 
I, I hoarded. I was you extremely hoarded. stingy with the fuel. And at first I was like, save's coming. Because I'm oh, yeah. no chance in hell that I'm going out with all the lights off. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and every time I went out, I, I took so long that I ran out of fuel every time. And eventually I learned to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it's all sneaking in Amnesia games. Yeah. It's all sneaking. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a um, lot of time they... cowering in the corner. Um, but the one thing that I did find, I, I I think like, I do wish there was more, um, sort of like simmy sort of elements you could do to kind of manipulate the monster to doing things or like other solutions to like get objectives. But w- one thing I do really like about this that I actually used a couple times is that you can bait the, um, the monster to, uh, break doors for you. If yeah, you like make a bunch of twice. noise <laughs> in front of one, in front of a door or something, and they just go off and hide, you can, uh, <laughs> you can like it will break down the door and like freak out. Or like there's also sometimes random like wooden cupboards or something, not cupboards, but like um, shelves that can be broken that might be in the way of something, like or you need to get through. You can also bait it through those, which um, sometimes you have to do. But I, I, I thought I always felt like that was really um, an interesting, like, kind of like way to break up like the progression. Well, that's why I really like the uh, flashlight mechanic, because it's kind of this instant, like, here's some noise that you can use to yeah. do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, and that's end up that's kind of where you end up starting off using lots of grenades and then stopping and just kind of using that technique is where you end up at the end of it. Because you're like, I don't have grenades left. I just got to. I gotta like pull the chain and just make the monster come here and do the thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I thought that was interesting, and I think on a, uh, especially on the hardest difficulty, like it'd be something you'd probably do more often. Um, but um, yeah, I kind of also um, speaking of kind of like replaying the game, um, it's I I just like to point out that like it's it's a game that's like similar to like a Resident Evil Two kind of thing, like it's meant to be replayed over and over again, yeah, and they the like, optimal path or whatnot can yeah. be found or at least mm-hmm. mostly optimals that you kind of like get your flow on mm-hmm. and it will change uh i believe the uh item key items will change places they, they just did a new update that adds even more things that will change so it almost oh, turns cool. into like this like um not like a it's like a, almost it has like some randomized elements um to it so when well, you play it, that with like the random locations mm-hmm. and rooms so like random locations when I started, I was wondering if the whole map was randomized, just the way it's segmented into like separate rooms down hallways, you know. Mm. I, I don't, don't think it is. so. Um, as far as I know, it's a it's the same map, but it's really cool, like what they're adding to this, and it like just makes me want to go back into it, maybe next Halloween or something, because it has like all like these different, um, and they just added more like that now like you can customize the difficulty completely. Like you can say like, oh, do I want to. Uh, have um saves require fuel do i want to um to like light because you like light a lantern to save um or so if you want to like an ink ribbon like kind of experience um and then there's like i'm trying to remember all the other stuff that they just did a new halloween update and it added like a ton of new stuff for like replayability and uh made some things harder and and retooled some things Um, see this is where i really love that to kind of continue the series in this direction yeah, I like, think it would be really interesting. Like, could I maybe have a mainline big story game and then have DLC that's more like this, more like um, RE2 or an RE7, or wait, RE7, yeah. Kind yeah. of break from the mainline where you're more like first person, quiet, silent protagonist, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. 
survive kind of like the situation. A, yeah, more like a a more Metroidvania puzzle box kind of approach or something where like you're like have uh, options and a way you can approach things differently. Um, It'd be I, I love that they got, also got in the obligatory water section. Every amnesia has <laughs> to. And they have gotta it. have a water section. Yeah, it's really short though. Wading through knee deep water. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's almost on purpose. It's meant to like kind of like almost traumatize you be like oh fuck a water section. yeah yeah and you're like for, for like, like a, a big, frictional a big part of the previous games oh, oh like every the game has one, one yeah would be like you know multiple segments where you're just crawling through water and then there were water enemies that would like chase you in the water yeah you gotta hop up on like uh floating barrels or something so it was like in. parkour plus water and they were sometimes like especially for young me they were just a fucking slog mm-hmm. they were um, tough I didn't, yeah, exactly. I didn't mind them, but I can no, see No, no, they're that. good. They're very they're very well done, but there'd be times where, like, you'd be in the corner of a room or you'd be trying to go somewhere and you have, like, a barrel that you can't move, but you need to be on top of it. Just kind of those odd, mm. odd, odd end sort of things. Um, so we kind of we kind of talked around it a bit, but to finalize the story then, we hinted at it right at the beginning. The monster that we've been chased around by this whole time is our friend. Big surprise. He's the one who drags you back to the bunker. Apparently, though at the brink of death when you found him, able to carry you back. He gets feels better and stronger day after day, and eventually he starts craving pain, which is kind of tying into that theme of craving needing the need to torture, or torture or pain. Mm-hmm. Clearly the liquid, um, I can't remember the name of it, which is so frustrating, but the liquid uh, that you fed him is the same liquid that you were harvesting for people in the first game and the same liquid that um uh the queen was using in uh rebirth uh to stay immortal and so you uh he's become this super mutant monster um now along the way you find out that you find uh a rabbit that was his that he meant to give to his son right uh that was what the rabbit did okay the toy rabbit yeah the doll and that can kind of play into how you defeat end the game. But once you get both the dynamite and the plunger, and you yeah. try to blow up your exit, you end up having to dive down into the catacombs again. Instead of it being an exit, it becomes an yeah. You know, and tunnels. you end up with a final encounter where you basically can yeah. You have to um, uh, you can either kind of push these boxes out of the way to get to the exit with the monster and kind of avoiding it, or you can uh, trap the monster and and. It, you know let them drop to the bottom of this endless pit or something yeah and you do that by throwing the toy in front of him and that kind of is yeah. your confirmation that it was him what i do actually like about the toy that he bought for his daughter his boy his, his, his boy. son yeah his boy yeah and he'll, he'll stop and look at it and it like breaks his monster impulse um, yeah. And you can like shoot this bridge underneath him but there's actually technically three different ways you can do this one because you can Use that method, shoot the bridge, or like there's this complex method where you can kind of bait him, destroy all these bridges until um, uh, there's nowhere left for him to go, and then you shoot the last bridge, and then he'll fall down. Or you can um, kind of like sneak around him, use like noise-making machines or whatever to distract him, and pull these boxes out of the way, um, and do it slowly over time. Um, but yeah, I just went with the with the easy one of throwing the, yeah. the bunny at the <laughs> really good choice. Because yeah. I was, I tried a couple different methods and I was like, "Fuck this, it's too hard." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's the kind of thing where um, it, it's kind of it plays itself pretty obviously once you kind of figure it out, plays into the game. 
Mm-hmm. Did you fall into the pit by any chance? Because this is again one of those little. Things. That's another ending too. Yeah, I forgot about that. No, I didn't. You fall into the pit and you end up not like hitting in the ground or anything, but you end up entering the shadow realm that we've been talking about, Dan. Mm. <clears throat> and in the there, shadow realm comes in. You see the light before you're killed by the shadows, which is the main um, pursuing enemy from like the first game. Mm. Well, um, it all ties together. It all ties all together. It kind of shows that it's to... all shared. Yeah. Um, uh, when are we get when are we getting game... a uh, Avengers uh, amnesia? <laughs> yeah, with all your characters from amnesia, sure. Yeah, they all show the up together. But no, I'm just imagining there's just a bunch of like worried guys and and and, and girls, I guess, with uh, like just like all staring at the, at the end credits saying, "I want you to join the Amnesia Initiative." <laughs> I love that the um this game actually kind of does something where like because he's a soldier already in trench warfare, the fact that he's in the dark or the fact that this is like crazy doesn't really stress him out. Mm-hmm. In the first game, you're constantly managing your like insanity, but in this one, it's like no, he's already seen enough. Yes, everyone's no one is sane here. Yeah, it's it's, no it's interesting because it's PTSD. like, yeah. despite the despite the dead bodies, I mean, nothing would would be any different here because it would be just yeah. as terrible. The rats would still be there. There would still be like disease. There'd still be blood on the ground. There would be like all this disgusting stuff. It, oh, yeah, it, he'd like he'd the still only be like charging the to his death. There's lots of stories about um, World War One and how about the fact that like. They they reference it like this is hell, but out there is also hell kind of thing. Is that um, like the French would purposely a lot of French the stereotype I believe for like the French surrendering, now, of course is time immemorial, but big one of it comes from World War One where like the French uh, leadership military wise just would never give up, and the French soldiers were starting to feel like they're never going to give up, and so many and many and many a French soldier would purposely capitulate. They'd give themselves up to Germans if they had the chance to to be sent to camps in Germany because it was the only way they saw they would ever get out of the war alive um, yeah it's horrible but it kind of speaks to the truth of what was happening in the trenches at the time and it speaks to kind of this just this machine that is the, the warfare at the period and it speaks to the end of the game in which you get out and as soon as you get out this freedom immediately is snapped away by the fact that you hear the, like, the whistle for the trench the, the German surge and the Germans are charging your trench and are about to be upon you before the game closes out. And so it kind of caps off this like human plight, human cycle that you kind of started yourself. Like I realize your friend pissed in your water bottle, but you can kind of think about it coming back to the fact that you kind of harmlessly tricked your friend into taking a duty that you didn't want to do. And it led to the death of everybody. His death. I mean, I mean, honestly, like doing something that in general, not doing a patrol is like basically guaranteeing the other person has a pretty good chance of dying. So, yeah, yeah. it's like you yeah. basically so he kind of phrases it too, like it was oh, it was just a little lighthearted trick. But like he sent his friend out to 50 yeah. percent chance of death, like patrolling outside the trench. Yeah. Um. Any any final thoughts? I quite enjoyed this game. I would love to see more Amnesia games that kind of choose this more DLC-style, shorter setting, while, of course, still having places for games like uh, that have a lot of storytelling and audio and all the rest of it. I think this game is great for people like Dan, who have never played Amnesia before, but it allows enough depth and like kind of richness to like dig into the Amnesia story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we played this game. I don't know what it was that made it so much spookier for me, but I think this oh, is the, the scariest one that we've played. 
<laughs> the sound is so good. Yeah, like honestly, it's it's just like all of it. It's it's like the unpredictability of the enemy. It's like the this like richly detailed world. Um, it's uh, just like maybe the, even the fact that the notes are being read out aloud kind of it keeps in you some in ways, the moment. It, it yeah. in some ways very yeah. alone in the trench. You do yeah. feel alone. Yeah, yeah, I definitely say that. Um, to agree with that. But yeah, in that's. The, it, um amnesia the bunker it's uh i think like 25 it's on switch or not switch <laughs> it would run like like shit on switch <laughs> it was their flagship game um it, it would uh it's on uh ps4 ps5 i don't know i think it might be on xbox series x um it's on pc um and it runs pretty decently for for older consoles just in case you're curious other than what we talked about earlier with the control thing which might bother some people um, but loading screens are a little bit long, but other than that, it, it's fine. I never had any issues. Um, and it has a lot of different difficulty options. So even if you're a little bit daunted by what's, uh, we kind of discussed here, uh, I played on easy and honestly, like I still experienced all the same sort of like terror and all the, like the mechanics. So it's not something like that kind of just like dumps everything. If you go into easy or if you go into normal or hard, Great for your first or second playthrough, like to kind of once you better understand the game, or if you really just want to challenge and you, you want to constantly be like interacting with the monster. Um, and they again with the recent update, I don't know if this launched on consoles yet, but it adds like completely customizable difficulties, so you can really toy with your experience in whatever ways you want. So you know you can make it harder, certain parts easier, and it's it's great to see stuff like that. So. Um, it, it's a great game, but before we um, leave you this Halloween, uh, what else have we been playing or or discussing real quick, or or uh, watching? I have nothing because I've been <laughs> sick, so I've just been sleeping. So sorry, Max. That was why sleeping I was like, oh, and I don't playing know. this game. Um, I, I just I'll just say I quickly played through Layers of Fear too. Um, which I actually I enjoyed more than I thought I would um, because everyone kind of hated this game when it came out. It's one of the blobber games, bloober, whatever. Um, and I'd actually say like it's a better version of the original. Uh, so it's like a walking sim horror game with some minor uh, instances of running away from scary guys with like a kind of, kind of not that good story, but like some really pretty graphics and it, it's tense and it's like a nice little um haunted house um then i've also been watching uh tons of horror stuff but nothing uh that anyone's not heard of before so um that that's it then i guess so um you can like and share the pod leave a real app of podcasts um share with your friends and uh, follow us on twitter and instagram our next episode will be on november 12th and I think Jasmine will be back for that. And they'll be back to our normal um, episode. So Jasmine will be the victim there and we'll be suggesting three new spooky games. Um, other than that, then, oh, see you guys Happy next time. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Oh. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.